today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, building a path forward for business transformation and managing the blast radius for your agency's data explosion. It's Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. The first ever CrowdStrike Government Summit is now less than three weeks away. Join cybersecurity and government leaders featuring discussions on the capabilities, tactics, and technologies that will protect your agency and power your efficiency. It's happening Tuesday, April 11th at the Washington, D.C. Marriott Marquis. You can learn more and register for the event at govsummit.crowdstrike.com. The Government National Mortgage Association, or Ginny May, is responsible for working with other government agencies to provide low-cost financing for federal housing programs. As part of the Department of Housing and Urban Development, Ginny May works to make affordable housing attainable for millions of Americans. Barbara Cooper-Jones is Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Ginny May. In this highlight from IT Mod Talk, she tells Deloitte's Alexandra Colmenares what she's learned since being at Ginny May for more than a decade. Um, the very first one, and this started, oh my God, probably four decades ago, um, and that was to listen to the customer, um, discern what the customer was really trying to articulate, walk in the customer's shoes. A lot of times the customer customer will tell you what he or she wants, but ultimately you have to discern what the customer really needs. And um, I've always been given kudos for being able to do that. I think the second thing is be ready and able and quickly and be decisive and pivot when you need to. Um, You know, we all applaud ourselves in defining strategies, designing solutions, implementing solutions, but ultimately things might come at you totally unexpected and it alters that strategy. Um, Be willing to pivot and be decisive and be bold in doing it. And I think the third lesson is engage your strategic partners very, very early in the process. Not in the middle of the process, not when you've thought everything through, Um, engage them early. Um, And in terms of challenges um, or problems, for us at Jenny May, a 200-person organization, a $2.34 trillion book of business, the number one challenge is people. Having the right people in the right place at the right time doing the right thing for us. That is um, a challenge. Um, I think um, another challenge also is you know, being able to address all of the headwinds that are coming your way. Um, In our world of uh, ensuring that there's liquidity in the housing market, there are a lot of headwinds that are coming at us all the time. And everyone knows what is going on in housing today. So you've got to be able to solution very quickly, knowing those headwinds are upon you. Um, And then probably I would say the last challenge is as technology is changing, be willing to change with the technology. Vendors um, may consolidate, a vendor may decide he or she is no longer going to support a product, and here you are spending all of this time trying to implement that product with literally no supportability at the end. So, you know, stay on top of the technology and be willing to pivot as well. That's great. So... 
in the digital transformation that Ginime has gone through in the past 10 plus years, um, one of the things that you focused on was migrating Ginime to the cloud and entirely focused on operating in the cloud. What would you say, um, how has that influenced or changed the employees and the customer service? And in terms of digital transformation, how do you see Ginny May's future in terms of the next steps? Um, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, business folk um, don't always understand digital transformation, but they understand business transformation. And so we've started to use digital transformation less We've started to use digital optimization less and talk about it in terms of business transformation. New products, new services, new capabilities, new and smarter ways of delivering real value to our lenders who are issuers, our employees, our staff, our investors, um, and others. And the cloud truly is business transformation for us. We are just so happy that we are in a mature, public cloud. It feels good. There are no more sleepless nights, um, you know, being in the environment that we were in before. Cloud providers do what they do best. And our organization, which is so, so small, I cannot have someone dedicated to maintaining the technology compliance with the platform. That individual, my chief technology architect, really can spend more of his time focusing on the strategy. So it is a game changer for us. It allows us to transform our business. It allows us for, uh, to have a, an improved customer experience, and it allows us to scale. Um, the security is, is great. Um, you heard David this morning talk about resilience and agility. It is there. I'll add flexibility and modularity to that as well. And so it is exciting. Absolutely. What would you say is next for Ginny May digital transformation? We will continue to build on our cloud migration effort. We will continue to enhance and um, make it easier um, for those to do business with us by continuing to implement um, state-of-the-art technologies. Um, we will embrace a lot, uh, and we have embraced a lot of emerging technologies. We will continue to invest in our innovation lab, which is small but totally, totally functional and delivering um, tremendous value. The customer experience, we've been able to um, standardize and centralize on standard technology there, looking at metrics to tell us how we can continue to do business with our customers in a smart way and have them deliver value to us. So it is just, um, it is amazing what is ahead. Um, and the one final thing I'll say on that question is, I think it also provides an opportunity for Jenny May to work with the, its housing ecosystem in a bigger, broader way, sharing digital ideas, embracing digital opportunities in a collaborative way, and all of that ultimately will serve hundreds of millions of families as we continue to do our business. Again, that's Barbara Cooper-Jones, CIO at HUD's Ginny May. You can learn more about business transformation at thedailyscooppodcast.com.
The Office of Personnel Management recently launched a new digital services team to help move along IT modernization initiatives at the agency. OPM is hoping that a new and younger group of technology talent will continue to build momentum started by its existing group of developers. OPM CIO Guy Cavallo tells me how his agency is managing all the data created by these modernization projects. Uh, definitely there is an explosion of data that, that we think is going to be an unending uh, explosion. Uh, I think the timing of this is perfect with the cloud. I, I would hate to have to estimate how much hardware to buy for a on-premise data center to try to keep up with the data requests, especially the recent cybersecurity directive on maintaining uh, extensive logs, uh, which for OPM are, are the most amount of data that we collect on a single day. So um, it ties very closely to our, our sprint to the cloud uh, as the best way to be able to have a home for that data. Uh, I hate when an agency has to decide we're running out of space. What do we delete to make room for the data that's coming in? Uh, you know, what, what it does is transfer that data management decision to managing your cloud. You don't want to leave that data in your most expensive uh, cost for storage. You want to, as quickly as possible, move data into lower cost storage in the cloud so that you're uh, not running up your bill. But, but like I said, yeah, our approach is gonna be, we're gonna use the cloud as our repository for that explosion of data. And you mentioned that transfer and moving of data around in the cloud and that that's our next topic is we're curious how you're approaching the demand for data to move more freely and dynamically across different cloud environments. Uh, definitely, you know, with the way the cloud uh, costs for transferring data, what we're trying to focus on is can we minimize those transfers, for example, um, for, uh, for dashboards, instead of having people download their data, we're, we're, we're planning to provide the data in the cloud where it stays there so that you're just running a dashboard against the cloud. Uh, when we do have to share data across uh, agencies or across clouds and you know OPM does that quite a bit uh, providing the federal personnel data back to the to the federal agencies we're still doing it on a very legacy process of, of data sets uh, we're looking at migrating that as we move more to the cloud to use APIs and other ways to deliver that data to a federal agency instead of shipping files back and forth so that's a work in progress but definitely something we're 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 trying to make the right data available to the people with the right uh, the right requirements for it. Again, we we have some very sensitive data about the federal government. We're obviously not going to put that on our public website and make it available, but we need to share that data with specific program offices within an agency. Again, not even a federal employee within an agency. So we've done a lot of work in the last year of developing. Uh, user requirement groups so that we can segment who can see what uh, data from a particular agency, uh, which is only going to help us with the long-term data management. Yeah, I'm glad you talked about that sensitive data because security is obviously a very important part of it. So at the same time, when you're thinking about moving data, how are you also focusing your efforts to protect that data and the security of all the data when you move it between various systems internally and as well as, you know, other agencies as you work with uh, them? 
well, definitely, we've we've all seen the uh, the OMB directives on protecting data with uh, you know multi-factor authentication, no username and passwords to access systems, uh, encrypting data in transit and at rest. So we're we're working uh, to resolve any of those that we don't have quite in compliance with that. But I think I think the OMB direction has been very strong and good for that. That uh, Let's not have sensitive data available by username and password. It's definitely uh, identity theft uh, and reuse of username and passwords is is very much a um, strong attack vector against the federal government right now. So having multi-factor encrypting your data, uh, whether it's at rest or between systems is critical. And I was glad to see the OMB directive come out for that. So we experience and hear a lot about how quickly and rapidly technology advances, progresses, changes, however you want to classify that. How are you thinking about striking that balance between achieving an economy of scale with your IT, but also pre preserving the flexibility and choice as you move forward with your modernization? Yeah, uh, nobody's giving me the option of turning off the legacy systems while we're rebuilding everything. So it's a constant juggling act of making sure that we're keeping the, the current the legacy systems operational as we're looking to re-platform re them and change, uh, you know, improve their customer experience. Again, another very strong OMB directive that was well needed. Um, it's, it, it, there's never enough money to do everything as fast as possible. And that's one of the struggles is, uh, you know, everybody wants us to do it, but then there's not enough money uh, to do it. So, you know, creating strong business cases for our CBJ, our congressional budget justification. Uh, you know, I go and brief our appropriators uh, every quarter so that they have a firm understanding of here's the money that we gave for technology to OM, OPM uh, guys managing it well. Maybe we can give them a little more money for additional modernization. Uh, I was very happy that Congress uh, approved us creating an IT um, working capital fund at, at OPM uh, as a way to start funding these projects that are beyond, uh, as you mentioned, Billy, beyond our keep the lights on budget. Um, you know, so we're, we're starting to leverage all of that. And as you know, uh, I've been an active user of the technology modernization fund, and we have two, uh, two uh, approved requests to there. So, uh, that's one way that we're taking care of the modernization while the base budget is paying to keep the lights on. The TMF uh, has allowed me to accelerate two modernization projects. That's great. And congrats on the working capital fund. I know it's not always easy to get Congress to uh, grant the authorities to, to get those and get the money you need to get things done. Um, as we close out, you know, uh, a final question on the state of relations between your agency and your partners on the outside and industry. Have things gotten stronger and more productive lately? And what would help to unlock greater value in those relations with some of your, uh, you know, your, your best partners out there on the industry side? Uh, definitely, uh, everyone is saying that the technology industry is changing every day. Uh, we have to keep up with that. Uh, I always look for uh, industry partners that understand what our pain points are and have a solution to either uh, help accelerate what we're doing or coexist with something we're doing. You know, I, I, Billy, I spent you know, half of my career on the industry side, so 
I know what it's like to be on that side. And what I ask my industry partners to do is don't set up a meeting to come ask me, Guy, tell me your vision, tell me your pain points. The thing about the federal government is it's all there. Our budget's out there in public, our agency's annual reports in public, our strategic plan, things that you can't get in the private sector. Um, I'm still seeing too much of the industry just not doing their homework. Uh, and don't forget, they can also obtain every contract and every task order that I have issued. So you don't need to meet with me to hear what I'm doing. It's all available there. Uh, but I am looking for alternatives. And if people have a, uh, if industry has a way to do something better, we are all ears to that. Melissa, um, they, they also need to do their, their homework because uh, if I just met with all my industry requests, I would do nothing else. <laughs> I would never get to BCIO at, at OPM, even if it was only 15 minutes per meeting. So um, that would be my my strongest advice. The you know make sure that you're staying up with where government's staying. You know, again, a, a beauty that you have in the federal government that you don't have in the private sector. When OMB issues a directive, again, there's no. I mean, you might have the Securities and Exchange Commission in the private sector or some other thing. I mean, you're, you have a roadmap of what agencies are being asked to do. So, so make your best fit with how you can help an agency get there. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again Tuesday afternoon. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.